Previous episodes have discussed analyzing the cost of our wants and how to set intentions, but there is also an interesting subtle energy at the exaggeration of our wants. There becomes what we are calling a push and pull energetic blockage, where the more you want that thing, the more it gets pushed away. Now before we pull you all into the next episode, it is time to let some shoutouts fly for the newest members of our patron subscription, where we offer behind-the-scenes footage of our podcasts, bloopers, worksheets, and other material not publicly available. These people are Michelle Lyon, Ann Newman, Ryan Bialis, Megan Overend, Lindsay Prayer, Ray Augustine, and Deanna Zybon. You too can join these lovely souls in supporting this podcast all for the price of a cup of coffee by going to wise-wise.com slash Patreon. That's w-i-s-e-w-h-y-s.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. And we are extremely grateful for everybody out there, all of our listeners, and if you would like to support us in other ways, sharing the podcast is the best way. Share it with any like-minded folk that you know, and we can grow this network of consciously-minded individuals. So now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander Uncovering our authentic self Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility Back from Hawaii, Alexander has freshened up his looks, his energy And he's back here in the studio We are going to lay down another episode about the push and pull of subtle energy. And I'm really excited about this one. I, I, this is something that I've been thinking about on a like subconscious level throughout my life the last maybe three months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is so, uh, so nice to be back after being rejuvenated, being in beautiful surroundings and with beautiful people. Uh, just a wonderful trip. I'm very grateful. And it was during a Mercury retrograde, so... We are uh, thankful for the smooth transition of it all, and um, it's nice to be back here and um, putting down some of these words to see if we can uh, generate some interest in uh, different perspectives. And this is one that that was experienced um, while I was on the island, and I like to share with people that the big island was the island uh, that I was on majority of the time, and I did go over to Maui for a few days. But the Big Island is known as the root chakra of uh, the Hawaiian Islands. And so I've been going there pretty consistently now for a little over eight years. And to see how it brings up uh, emotional stuff for people to release is amazing uh, because you're on, you know, just lava uh, everywhere on the Big Island. And so it's basically you're on obsidian um, which is, you know, the gemstone that that uh, lava is. So, 
So it's working on that root chakra and it's working on anything that's keeping you from being uh, feeling stable or uh, enough. And so I see a lot of people navigate and wind up there that sometimes are running from things from maybe the mainland or where they're coming from. And so every time I go out there, I use that intention of what is ready to release. So I wanted to share a little bit of this story, and I know that you have uh, some stories of your own to share where, you know, how we use our energy, and this includes our thought process, um, our internal vibration, uh, you know, our perception, our judgments, uh, all of these things affect our vibration. And many times, uh, the more that we want something, like the more we want somebody to love us, it can be unattractive to them and can actually push them away. And so today, we're going to talk a little bit about that push and pull of energy of of what it really means to dance in the polarity of subtle energy and uh, breaking some experiences down step by step. It's definitely prevalent in relationships, but also with anything in your life, whether, you know, anything that you want. And and I don't know if it, it's only around wants, but I know in my experiences that I can think about, it, it was around something that I've wanted so bad and that it was kind of elusive. Um, but then once you kind of let that want go, it kind of is able to be obtained. So maybe you can talk about whether it's only exclusive to um, to wanting something and maybe other other places other than relationships that you can see it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, to understand from the basic premise that anywhere where you put focus, it creates a void somewhere. And this is the way, whether you talk about light or sound or vibration, um, the way that subtle energy works. And these are within the parameters of the basic outline of this philosophy uh, studying polarity as opposed and looking at the differences from duality. And in that seeing and switching from duality to a polarity view, this is one of the, the basic foundational laws that you have to understand is that uh, wherever focus is, it creates a void somewhere else. So in relationships, sometimes people put their focus on their job or their career, and normally the relationships, the family suffers for that, or say that one person in the family may focus uh, just on themselves and what they want. And once again, there's a lacking in that level of connection. And you can go on the other end as well to notice people that are overgivers in this world and they give of their time, they give of their energy, but they don't actually even know how to receive. And this, all of these create an imbalance when, uh, when typically operated out of a, a habit. Uh, and that's where most people are operating out of habits that they've created. So when you want someone's uh, say attention or even if it's money, if you're if you're trying so hard to get money, many times uh, it will seem like opportunities come up and then they just fall through. Opportunities come up and they fall through. So there is something to this uh, dance that, uh, although we are you know different people and we are subject to certain different influences. And this is why we do study our charts through the human design and the uh, destiny card system to understand these individualities. But uh, 
when we have a general understanding of that push and pull of energy, this is what can really separate and bring into more clarity uh, of what intention is. And we've done a, a podcast in the past of intention and expectations and the two differences in that. And part of the description in that podcast is that intention merely sets something in motion, but then lets go of preference after that. And trust is involved. Faith is involved. So it's similar in, in this subject that when you want something too bad, you're affecting the natural flow of the energies, so to say. And most everything is in harmony with the reciprocal motion of energy, of a trading back and forth. And uh, very few things are sustained through just giving in, in one direction. And so that normally creates deterioration to where reciprocation uh, keeps a movement, a type of movement that is very healing and soothing and invigorating kind of simultaneously. So the more that you focus on the wanting of something, uh, some people in the past have talked about uh, this is the way that you attract what you want into your life by thinking about it over and over and seeing it. And I'm not here to judge that work. I've just worked personally with a lot of people that have uh, engaged in a lot of frustration uh, with that practice. And this can work for a small percentage of the population, maybe 8 or 10% or so, um, with varying degrees of success. That's why it's very difficult to, to track. But it has been seen uh, through ancient texts, uh, ancient teachings, and presently for myself hundreds and hundreds of times that any time that I set an intention and then I completely let it go and don't carry any expectation and merely allow myself to basically be receptive to it. And to come from the standpoint similar to how I raised my sons that the number of yeses is directly connected to how well you take no. And I choose to look at myself as like a child of that divine energy. And, and I use a lot of the same principles um, as a parent-child relationship on this physical plane. I incorporate those personally into my life with this higher energy as well. And so in order to uh, get more, when I was raising my boys, if I bought them a really nice bar of chocolate and say it might have cost $8 and I turn around and they've already eaten the whole thing just in one gulp, like a Hershey's bar or something like that, you know, I realized that I didn't explain to them and that I need to teach them the quality of this. I say, did you enjoy that more than just a typical chocolate bar? And they didn't recognize any difference. Then that doesn't give me really in, any incentive to buy them another $8 chocolate bar when they're going to be just as satisfied with a $1, except for my uh, wanting nice ingredients to go into them. But outside of that, you're typically not willing to provide something at a high level if it's not being appreciated. So I look at that here as well. And, and the example I'm going to use that come to kind of uh, fruition over this last three-week trip to Hawaii with uh, spending time with my sons is... I have had a view of a family or a tribe of how to raise a family. And I had that for 
approximately uh, a couple of years before my wife passed 11 years ago. But my sons were only, you know, 13, 14 years old at the time. And so it never got to be to the power of completing my vision. So after she passed, you know, I still carried this intention that I was going to still have this with my two sons and everything that we'd been working on with this type of philosophy for over 20 years, basically their whole life. Then I would bring someone else in as an intimate partner eventually, and they would see the beauty of this, and then my sons would bring somebody in. And it was just this vision of creating a tribe, what I felt like was missing in families nowadays. So I brought someone in, and it worked for a little while, but it never quite really, really connected. And then one of my sons met someone, and they didn't resonate with coming into that type of dynamic. And uh, so he had his time with her and then she left. And then another one of my sons uh, brought somebody in and they had time and left. So here it is like 11 years later, and we just happened to pass the 11 year anniversary on this trip. And uh, I had this realization that in order to experience what I really want to experience, I needed to let go of that vision of what it was, and and it had come to literally be at one point. And what I was really trying to do with Best of Intentions is, uh, you know, continue that vibration. When we have to accept that uh, everything is impermanent, everything has a limited amount of time that it's useful. So I had this realization that um, I needed to release the energy of any want of any vision that I had for this tribe and just to be so happy within my tribe because we had just spent a day of having unbelievable fun with playing volleyball and badminton and cards and uh, Catan, a board game. And so we were just, uh, you know, around each other all day, every day, laughing, telling stories, but very lighthearted. But I felt like at one point that there was this void that I was missing this depth that I uh, that we normally got to. And I saw that I was actually limiting my experience in that moment to allow it to be as beautiful as it was because I still had this small void and a void to connect on what I call a very deep, intimate level. And I had this realization that there are other people that do similar work to me, professionals out there. And I was even meeting a fine gentleman in Maui just a few days later. And I had this realization that um, I could fill this void in another area rather than with my tribe. And it was, it can sound simple coming over the airways, but understand that this has been something in process for uh, over 11 years, 15 or 20 years of a vision, you know, only a couple of years of experiencing it and then losing it and then trying to redevelop that, so to say. And so when I had this realization and I was talking with one of my sons, we were on a walk outside at night and I just told him, uh, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let go of that vision of the tribe that I've had for so long. And I don't need you guys to play this role anymore. I can fill this void in a professional manner. Right away, there was a sadness that come across his face. And he said, I don't like the way that that makes me feel. And I said, I just don't want you to feel any pressure. And he said, you know what? Even though in the past you have never given us any reason to feel pressure, I can honestly say that there is, has always been some kind of pressure there. 
And I said, let's go in and talk to the rest of them. And so we went in and we talked to everyone that was there and talked very openly in what I call conscious communication about this. And this is what come up as a very good visual, and it helped everybody to see at a different level, is that soon as I took that uh, want away, that pressure that seemed like was set for no reason went away. And all of a sudden, they were reaching for this, this thing that I was talking about that we hadn't gotten to in the trip yet. And uh, both of them right away said, no, 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 uh, we, we really want this and we thirst for this. So I noticed and we discussed in great detail how that was that it took me releasing that wish. And Rumi has a great poem about this. The subject that you search for in the search, it pushes it further and further away from you finding it. And so as soon as I let go of that, we can actually shift it to an expectation. It, it was an intention in my mind, but I see now it was really an expectation because it was creating a void when I didn't get it filled. Um, so that shows that it was an expectation. So as soon as I let go of that, it made them lean into it. And we had great conversations, very in-depth, every day after that. And then even since I've been back, it has continued. And we've reached a level of connecting uh, deeper than we ever have. And it's wonderful to share uh, in that manner. But pay attention to anything with your children, with your mate, with your parents, with your siblings. But anything that you want them to see, want them to hear, that, that you feel this angst about it, to really... Look at the basic, one of the basic foundations of this work is acceptance. And then accept if it is the right time, it is the right subject, it is the right person. If all of those things are in alignment, and that's what I mean by right, if they're in alignment, then it will happen effortlessly. And many times we're getting in the way the energy just by what we want. So once again, Rumi has, has a great saying, it says, one should always question what they want. And so this is one that has slipped through the cracks, so to say, with me, and I'm so happy to get to share it. And now, Aaron, uh, please share with us, uh, you know, what you have to have to say around that subject. Well, first of all, I do want to uh, say thank you for clarifying that at the end, because I was going to ask at the beginning. You mentioned that it was an intention. And then because the energy got stuck, I was going to ask you if it did eventually turn into a want, and you did clarify that at the end. So I did want the people out there to understand that he did mention that it did eventually turn into a type of want and not, not an just expectation. an expectation. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and this is why, you know, we're, we're consistently fooling ourselves. So this is why humility and um, to work with that ego um, is very, very useful and That's why having a tribe or having a group of people that you can go and be vulnerable around is so useful. And this is what uh, was provided for me, and hopefully I provided that for everyone that was involved as well. And these insights come in those manners. Uh, Normally when you're being supported in most every way, then the energy can flow and things can be seen in a different light so to say. And I'm very human, of course, and uh, that's why I enjoy sharing these things that that did start out as an intention and it was pure um, while I was developing it. But then when I, I see now that when I went back to to duplicate it, 
or replicate it uh, to some extent, that that's where I can see that it shifted into an expectation and a want. And, uh, and I paid the cost for it. And so, um, so I'm glad to see it in the way that I do now, but it was such a beautiful exchange to see as soon as I let that go, how, uh, the boys reached out toward me exactly the way that I really was intending. So I have a few examples that I think everybody out there will be able to identify or take kind of the metaphorical part of it and be able to adapt it to their own lives. One, um, prevalent one in my recent experience is in doing the apparel company, I had this desire to brand everything. So not only put my own designs on, on the actual front of the apparel, but also have my own custom designed size tags, which would be where you rip out the tag and put your own design in there. And there are a number of ways that you can achieve this uh, custom branding. But for some reason, every time I would try to to change the way I would do it to be more efficient, it just wouldn't work out in a way that I could do it efficiently. It was going either going to take more time than I was originally doing it, or we just had many complications. So this this went over for a period of time of about a year and a half where I was I wanted to do this so bad. And and I had an initial way of doing it, but it wasn't coming out smoothly and it, it was not efficient at all. It would take double the time to do everything. So I I have a kind of like a printing partner that I that he owns the press and that I work with. And so he was helping me uh, achieve my my custom branding and he had a, a pad printing machine which is actually how they do it professionally and we tried everything to get that thing going and we just had so many complications and again this is over a period of a year and a half and my want was to be self-sustainable in doing it so mm-hmm. i needed him to help me get it up and running but eventually i didn't i didn't want uh, that pressure of having somebody else needing to be there to help me. Right. And, and Self-sufficiency. All, yeah. Yeah. And he's kind of a busy person, so it's hard to get his attention. And it wasn't until I finally let go of that, that, uh, perfection part of me that, that we've talked about over past podcasts yes, and that yes. I've kind of been, uh, trying to shed since, you know, for years. Uh, and it wasn't until I let that go that he was all about it. Like he was like, Oh, you know, no, 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 no. Let me help you. Cause I got to a point where I was just, you know what? It's so much easier not needing to do this because it cuts down on all this time. I just felt the energy, creative energy flow in. And, and because I would, I was able to almost print more designs faster because I didn't have to worry about that, you know, putting that size tag on because mm-hmm. I was stacking up shirts I had like a whole, like a whole maybe three quarters of a year of shirts that I've already printed divided into certain sizes, just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. Mm-hmm. And when I finally let that go, it was it was huge for me. I, I could I mean I could literally feel that energy just flowing like, through, like it was and, physical. And then when when he was like, "Oh no no no, let me help you," I I, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I knew that it really, I really did open up that those floodgates to let yeah, that energy and, go. And there, I think it's important to point out that the verbiage you chose to use is "I don't care," but I think that, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that 
possible better verbiage or more understood verbiage would be you dropped your preference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, that's I what we... I, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you... I didn't want to say, like, I didn't care to him. Like, I don't care right, that you right. all of a sudden... Exactly. Want, it's the, you know, want it's help the dropping yes. of the presence. Uh, absolutely. The, the preference, yeah. And, and that is one of the, you know, the foundational levels of this work is living, working to live in non-preference. And we've done, you know, brought that up in multiple podcasts, and we probably need to talk about it even different. Uh, even more, uh, because it's not just that you don't ever, ever have a preference in your whole life, but it's seeing when your preference is going too far. And now you're, instead of creating harmony or reciprocation, you're starting to create friction. And basically that comes into when we're not getting what we want, we start pushing that willpower uh, more forcefully. And the more we don't get what we want, the more frustration, anger, negative so-called emotions that come up, and that's what drains our energy field very, very quickly. So see, this is a way of doing a dance with energy within yourself when you can catch yourself going, whoa, 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 I'm wanting that way too bad. Let me back off and let me get into some gratitude about exactly the way that things are. And that's what, uh, you know, helps to make that shift. And, and when I chose to, and remember, you know, that I share that potentially our only true free will is our perception, that I chose to look at that in a way uh, differently from normal. You know what? We've had a great day today. If this is all that I ever experienced with these loved ones of mine, this is incredible. This is like 95% of like what I want anyway. I'm just staying too focused on this small little part, which I was making too big of a part for, the, for everyone and everything that's involved in this. And so I was so glad to be able to catch that and to release that. And then, as you said, with your partner with the T-shirts, as soon as you let it go, you know, he reached out and that's the way it was with the boys. And and that's just was a great reminder because it had been quite a while since I've had gone through anything where it was that blatant, uh, you know, right in front of me and me seeing it so condensed. And so that's why I wanted to talk about it as soon as uh, as soon as we got back and we picked this as a subject today. Yeah, and this experience was just as big for me because it was like a sudden change for me when I was going through it. And I, and I did want to mention that I had thought that I was trusting the universe yes. through this whole process because I was I was being fluid in, in which way we would try to get it accomplished and just going, you know, and, and I was, you know, I was investing in some money in each one of these to try to get it going. And when one was taking more time and it didn't seem like it was going to work out the way I thought it would, we would just switch to the next one. Yes, and, and sometimes even in our flexibility, we will carry a frustration. Yeah. And that's sometimes how we can fool ourselves is we can go, well, I'm being flexible. I'm trying these different uh, avenues. But if you're carrying the frustration through every different change, then more than likely none of those are going to work out either. It's, it's creating a ripple in the energetic field, so to say. So it's so funny that you know, we can convince ourselves of almost anything. And that's why we do need uh, loved ones and people we respect and trust around sometimes to just say, hey, am I seeing this clearly? Can you help me to see this from another perspective? And the way that I like to to word it is, um, is there anywhere where you see that I'm not seeing myself clearly? 
is the question I like to ask uh, those when I get around that I respect very deeply. You know, I get various answers with that. It's always interesting. But I do truly want to know if I'm stuck in a pattern of seeing something a certain way because my work and everything that I'm about is about seeing everything from as many different perspectives as possible and not looking for the right way, but the way that is in alignment with, with me and with everything around me. So I know it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback and look back at, you know, for instance, my experience with this, where would you say would, would have been beneficial to me to stop and reassess my want or, or, or anything you want to add to like, like where should I, I know it's, it's, it's a weird question, yeah, to say it where is, should but I think I have, we'll just, but, we'll uh, answer it in more of a vague, not personally you, but how would people know when yeah, that might be. Exactly. And I think as soon as you start judging it, and that's where we have to be willing to be honest with ourselves. And so in, realizing that anytime any emotion comes in, we're in judgment. And so as soon as frustration comes in, as soon as disappointment comes in, as soon as uh, anger or you know any type of negativity, because many times people will yes yeah, say that they're in the flow of life, but they're carrying a frustration, and you can't be in both of those simultaneously. And you've said that frustration is a sign that you're pushing time, right? Yes, yes. And and most of the time, you know, that's one of my two main emotions that I work with uh, to where I suggest everybody, most everyone has uh, two main ones that they uh, struggle with throughout their life. And rather than having the approach to fix it or to change it, I say just make friends with them and learn to direct them rather than them being so um, directing. So mine is insecurity and frustration. And so every time I very first initially feel some frustration, I automatically put myself in a timeout. Because normally if I'm frustrated about something, something isn't happening fast enough. Somebody's not understanding something fast enough. Uh, uh, Some material isn't coming to me fast enough. An opportunity isn't showing itself. Uh, So with each emotion, I have a different way to approach it. And with frustration, it is a physical timeout. And I say it out loud. And then I make myself sit in stillness, or you call it meditation, contemplation, many different things. But basically, until I can get back in gratitude for what I am experiencing in my life, and to realize that I don't need this to happen to make my life any better. And that process now takes minutes to where it used to take days, uh, sometimes even weeks. So that's something that I've experienced over the last 15 years a lot and had a lot of practice with just because frustration has been such a big part of my life, my whole life. So having that under control, um, you know, is saying a lot and learning to manage those types of emotions is what this work is all about. It's not about fixing or curing things. It's about learning to manage it. And similar to, you know, the way that water moves, it, it comes to a barrier and it moves around it. It encompasses it. So being flexible but strong simultaneously, being free but rooted, uh, many of these dichotomies we get into and love dissecting in this, in this podcast. So, um, so I think it's important to just realize that anytime you think you're setting an intention and then you recognize that you have a preference, then you may need to correct yourself and realize that you're in expectation now and all the emotions that come uh, do not show up where just in pure intention 
is being activated. And another another quick example that I've had in my life is when I got into the, the conspiracy stuff. So you first go to your family because, you know, you love them and you want them to know about this, whatever it is. And I remember, like, going to my family and telling them about, like, like uh, food, like food conspiracy stuff, like GMOs and stuff like that. And how to eat better. And I remember like going through their cabinets and telling them like what <laughs> what yes. ingredients in, in their cabinets were wrong. And I remember there was so much resistance from it's that. Um, and then yes. and then over a couple of years, I just let go of that, you know, just through transformation. I don't know if it was like a conscious thing. I think it was just like a like a slow progress that people go through. And and then, you know, over a couple of years, my family it was like I planted the seed and yeah. they started through through their like outlets of information, they started picking up on some things. Yeah, and this is get into it. This is why I like to suggest that conscious communication is about seventy five percent energy transference and twenty five percent words. And so, if you really want to affect those around you, go be the example. You really don't have to get into much education or teaching until you set that example, and then they will normally ask. And then when people ask, they're a whole lot more likely to listen than when you just decide to give them some information, especially when somebody hasn't put in a proper amount of time to be that example. That looks like, and typically it is, just coming from your ego and wanting to be recognized and that type of thing. And I know I've been very guilty of that, you know, throughout my life at different stages. So so now I like, I prefer to, you know, have people just ask questions or I do my best to just listen. Uh, people get to their clarity, you know, when they get to it and the way that they're going to get to it. So that's why it does no good to try to force anything on anyone. And this is best exemplified in raising children. And when people learn to continue to learn and work on taking emotions out when they are engaged with children, it'll be much, much more effective. And um, And I've proven this beyond a shadow of a doubt. And this is something that I like to practice internally with my with my relationships where if i if i'm wanting somebody to be different or do something different i immediately ask myself like what am i doing that i can do differently or exemplify that would you know change the energy so that they would like naturally do this and we've talked about this in past episodes and it's mm-hmm. something that i've tried to uh, to adapt but i do catch myself wanting uh, people to change, and when I when I I find myself doing that, I immediately look to you know what am I doing to exemplify the change that I want to see that would attract them, that push and pull that would pull them towards towards that direction. Right, right, yeah, and and I think that inward view is you know almost always more helpful than the external view, and to use people you know, to inspire us. So if somebody's like, yeah, frustrating me or making me angry, many times I will uh, look to where I've played that role with somebody either recently or in the past. And that helps can help shift the energy to a compassion. When we are able to alter our internal energy like that, in that manner, it creates a change external. And so this is getting into the deeper levels of this work that yeah, if you want something to change external, you're going to be normally much more successful when you learn to adapt and change yourself internal the, through your perception, how you're looking at it. And then that changes the physics of the energy that is, A, going to be attracted to you and, B, the energies that you need. 
this is more than just thinking positive. It's uh, actually changing your whole process and letting go of something and replacing it with uh, another type of thought and then exercising and practicing that over time. So this is a very similar subtle energy workout like working out and building the physical body. And the more that you do this type of work, changing your perception, the easier and the faster it is to get there. So that is, you know, uh, this work in a nutshell is, yes, finding something that you become frictional with externally and then noticing that that is an internal job using a process of release Uh, forgiving and replacement to change that vibration of that thought, of that emotion, of that action. And then over time of practicing this over and over and over, it changes our habits. It changes our reaction. It changes the energy uh, everywhere. In closing, what's the best way for somebody to identify what things or what wants that they are pushing away? Well, I think right away, just for everyone to kind of sit and contemplate about what do they feel that they're not getting in their life. And normally that is either some kind of material thing or they're not being heard or they're not getting recognition. They're not getting respect. So normally that can that question can just be asked to oneself of, what do I feel that I am not getting or receiving from this world, from uh, my close uh, family, from my friends, from my workmates? And just kind of start there and see what comes. Because wherever there's a void, uh, that's what the emotions are going to be attached to. When you can recognize that so-called void and then choose to focus on what you do have and how thankful you are of that. So like hypothetically, if say someone has two daughters and they're both in their 20s and they hear from one daughter very often, but they don't from the other one. So they spend all their energy, their time, their language talking about and thinking about not ever hearing from the one daughter. Then the daughter that they do hear from often is going to get tired of hearing about that. So she will stop calling as often. When that parent could just as easily shift that energy to see, oh, I'm focusing on what I'm not getting, to focusing on, you know what, I'm so thankful that I have this one daughter that I talk to every day. And I would like to have this or something similar with my other daughter, but I'm so thankful to have this. See, that's setting an intention and then letting it go. But then being in the vibration of what it's like to talk to this daughter that calls every day or every week or every however often it is, and to hold that vibration while thinking of the other girl, the other daughter, that's what's more than likely going to reach out and energetically touch that daughter that doesn't call very often and have her to start calling more often, not being told that she should call more often. So this is how we are kind of um, dancing with these energies back and forth, and we have uh, more effect than most of us give ourselves credit for. And this subtle energy level is, of course, the foundation for the physical level. 
and we discussed the, all of these different levels in many different podcasts. So uh, they're very connected, and you know they have a lot of messages for us on this subtle level when we're willing to listen and adjust. So remember, it's not the strongest that will survive. It's not the smartest that will survive. It's the one that can adapt. That's the one that will survive. And wisdom is in being able to adapt. Uh, so, so be the tree, everybody. Be the tree. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember... Gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, Knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform. And if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by... Visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com. V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L dot com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.